Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We're glad that you're here and worshiping here uh, with us today. If you are a guest, we invite you to tear off a portion of the bulletin and place some information about yourself and your family on that tear-off sheet and place that in the offering plate as it comes by a little later in the service. But we are glad that each of you are here. Uh, we have some special recognitions this morning. I want to mention a couple briefly at this moment. The flowers today on, in the sanctuary are placed to the glory of God and in loving memory of Iva Howington by Dean and Anna Rippey, children and grandchildren, remembering her birthday of August the 8th. And also, we want to make sure you see the flowers that are in the lobby this morning as you go out. The arrangement placed in the vestibule this morning is in celebration of our new audiovisual editions given in memory of Mr. and Mrs. James Landrum Beeson, Jim and Helen by Talmadge and Mary Turner. So please take note of those as you uh, exit this morning. And uh, just briefly tonight, we do have the planning team meeting at 4, spiritual growth sessions at 5, and then the India School Project at 6. So we have a busy evening and encourage each of you to come to those uh, things that would be appropriate for you. Uh, last year, the men's softball team won the Class C state championship, and as a result, they were moved to the Class B, which is the highest classification, and this weekend they won again the state tournament in Rock Hill, South Carolina. So congratulations to our men's softball team. Their coach, I understand, was Brett Washburn. So, uh, uh, Brett, you, you did well, son. You did well. But uh, there are other announcements that are in your bulletin this morning, and please be mindful of those. Psalm 42, 1 and 2 says, we, and uh, I invite you to pray the prayer of the psalmist with me this morning. This says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, the living God. Let's worship together. And the glory of the Lord is 
always our refuge and strength. Therefore, we will not fear, for the Lord of hosts is with us. Please turn to hymn 406 and sing to God's great strength, the solid rock. today comes from Psalm 18, verses 31 and 32. Who is God except the Lord? Who is the rock except our God? He gives me strength for the battle. He keeps my way secure. Today, Pastor Keith's going to talk about the feet of a mountain deer. And that's kind of hard for some of us to understand. So we're going to talk about the strength of a frog. Now, y'all laugh, but there is a frog, and he stands for something that all of us can relate to, but especially the children, as we're getting ready to go back to school. And we face lots and lots of problems. Sometimes our day doesn't go right. Sometimes we have a hard time struggling with a decision that we have to make. And when we do that, it's sort of like the standing on a cliff and not knowing which way to go. 
So this is when the frog comes into play. Because he is what you need to do. And that is forever rely on God. Frog. So when you start school or when you go on vacation or day camp or just being with friends and you come up on something that you can't handle, and we've talked about this before, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to go to God. And then we're supposed to trust that he's listened to us. And then we have to have what we're not always sure of, and that's patience. So I'm going to give you a frog, and I know you don't want to think about this. In several weeks, we're going to be going to school. And our struggles may get a little bit more than we have to deal with during the day when we're on vacation. But when you see Miss Ellen's frog, and you turn that frog around, it says, forever rely on God. And that means we trust him, we wait, we listen, and then we say, thank you for leading us through the storm. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, This is the day that you have made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, I thank you today for these smiling faces, for these hearts that are full of your love. Keep them safe, Lord. Bless them. Bless their families. Keep them within your arm's reach so that as children, as they're walking with you, You can reach out, protect them, hug them, and always love them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This time in our service, many of you know that and have seen, obviously, this morning and and maybe last Sunday with Youth Sunday, that we have some new additions to our sanctuary in the the tune of audiovisual additions. These have been going in over the last couple months, and uh, David and the Music Craft Company out of Roebuck, South Carolina, have been so gracious in helping us and and, uh, meeting needs uh, and helping us learn uh, what is a lot uh, of new equipment and a lot of new things to learn. Uh, Over the last several weeks, uh, what some of you don't know that sit down here is we've probably had anywhere between four or five, up to ten or more people up where it was just Sherman upstairs, or maybe Sherman and a couple others, uh, but we have had several people up now that are learning some new uh, equipment and are uh, ministering and serving in new ways here at Bowling Springs Baptist. One of the things I said uh, last year or when I came in and in, into last fall is that it's my desire, and I could really say this at any point in the year, that we have more people serving a year from now, we could say that now, uh, more people serving in the ministry a year from now uh, than we do now. And so uh, this is another opportunity for people to serve and use their gifts that are more technical uh, inclined with technology and things like this. And so we're very grateful. Uh, but this morning, I want to share something with you uh, that will lead into our time of dedication and then ultimately into a, a, a prayer this morning as well. Jim Beeson made peanut butter sandwiches before he was tall enough to reach the snack shop lunch counter. When he grew up, Beeson owned and operated his father's sandwich company and restaurant. He also found time to become one of Bowling Springs' most active civic leaders. Beeson's father, Belton Gibson Beeson, founded the Cleveland Sandwich Company in 1926. 
The Elder Beeson made the sandwiches uh, in a building on Main Street in Boiling Springs and sold them to concessions around the Carolinas, particularly in the textile mills. The same year, he opened the snack shop, an outlet for the sandwich company's product. Jim Beeson grew up in the family business and eventually took over. The snack shop has remained one of the favorite restaurants of college crowd and the town's community throughout the years. Jim Beeson was a Boiling Springs town commissioner from 1947 to 1975. The former board chairman of the Crawley Memorial Hospital and served on the board at Cleveland Memorial Hospital and chaired the fundraising committee at Crawley Memorial Hospital as well. Former trustee of Gardner Webb College, was a director of the Bulldog Club and named Bulldog of the Year in 1974 and 75. Board of Directors and Independence National Bank, a Mason and Woodman of the World, former president of Boiling Springs Lions Club, Boy Scouts Committeeman, member of Boiling Springs Baptist Church where he was an RA leader and a former deacon. Jim also served on many, com many committees at Boiling Springs Baptist Church, including the committee to build this church building that we have been in since 1969. Helen was a dedicated wife and helpmate of Jim, a loving mother to five children, Jane, Mary, Nancy, Jimmy, and Terry, many grandchildren. She is remembered as a loving, kind, and generous, true Southern lady who welcomed all into her home with a gracious spirit. Both Jim and Helen Beeson were faithful and dedicated to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. They supported the church and the community in ways that would be too numerous to mention. Today, the updated visual and audio additions to our church are dedicated in their memory as we know that their spirits will be forever present in our midst. On each side of the doors as you go out the, um, this section, this side of the sanctuary, there are plaques now that are beside the door that say the following. Audiovisual upgrades and additions given in memory of Mr. and Mrs. James L. Beeson Sr., Jim and Helen, by Talmadge and Mary Turner, summer of 2016. What better way to first use our screens after our time of dedication than a prayer for peace. Many across Cleveland County this morning are praying for our world, for our nation, and for our local community. As the group Partnership for Change, a group made up of local pastors, faith leaders, and community citizens, have challenged all of Cleveland County to pray together on this first Sunday of August. And I invite you to join me either in your bulletin or to look up at the screens for our pastoral prayer this morning. Lord, so many people are in pain. Teach us the way to peace. When people around us don't agree and think differently, Lord, teach us to listen and understand. When we see people getting hurt, Lord, teach us to speak up. When we see people who are hungry and poor, Lord, teach us to give them like you give to us. When we see people treated poorly because of their skin color or language, when we see war and conflict around the world, when we see pain, when we feel low and things seem and when things don't seem to be going well. Lord, 
when we stop and see all you have given us. Lord, in our lives, our neighborhoods, and the world. Amen. A new hymn to a familiar tune, number 618, God Who Purpose Is to Kindle. Please turn to 618 and sing all three stanzas, please. Let's pray together this morning. Father, as we come to you this morning in your house, in a house of worship and in a house of praise, God, we are so grateful for a wonderful church, for a wonderful church family. Father, we're just grateful for another day, for another week ahead. Father, as times in our lives become busy, we may begin to, to lose focus on, on what's truly important in our lives, and that is serving and loving you. And God, as we come to this, this point of our service dedicated towards you, I pray that each of us in this congregation would take a few moments to give back our time, our money, our talents, and our efforts to you. Father, not only in this place this morning, but as we leave this place and go out into our community and into our world. Father, I pray that each of us would strive to serve you and to be a light in this world 
that so desperately needs you. Father, I pray that through the rest of our service that we would serve and worship and praise you this morning in what we speak, in what we sing, and in the way we interact with one another. I pray that your love and that your Holy Spirit would be shown through this sanctuary and through this church this morning. Father, we are grateful for your spirit and your presence. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. For me to be with you here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church again. The Boiling Springs Baptist Church has been a very great part of my life since I was two weeks old, and that was in April 1925 when I first came to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. I'd like to read for you this morning something from the Psalms, Psalm 18 
verses 29 through 33. For by thee I have run through a troop, and my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those who trust him. For who is God save the Lord? And who is a rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon my high places. May, may we, like the deer who pants for water, seek the Spirit of God. Please stand and sing as the deer you will find on the screen as well as printed in your bulletin. Please stand. <laughs> pray together once again. Father, we are grateful for this Sunday morning. We're grateful for the many ways that you bless our lives, our families, our community. Father, we do echo the prayer prayed earlier, Lord, for peace within our world today. Teach us ways in which we can be vessels of your peace by the way we serve, by the places we go, by the words that we speak. Father, we come to you today. We ask for your blessing on the Dave's family and the passing of, of Bill's father, Ray. We ask that you would comfort him and Lord others today who have recently lost loved ones. We pray for those who are sick and, and recovering at home today, for those recovering from surgeries. Father, we think of Jane, we think of others. Lord, we commit this time to you today. Speak to us. We're thankful for those who have gone on uh, before us here at Boiling Springs who have allowed us to, to be here and to worship in this facility. We're thankful for the gifts that they have given us, not only tangible gifts, but, Father, we're thankful for the gift of faith and the gift of leaving a legacy of faith and what that does for us as a people. We are so grateful for them. We're grateful for those within our nursing homes and assisted living facilities, like May Ida Scruggs this morning. We're grateful for her presence with us via video this morning. Father, help us to always be mindful of May Ida and all of those who are within our assisted living and nursing home facilities. Father, take now your word and my words. And Father, I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, would be acceptable, Lord, in your sight. O oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. It's in Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people said, Amen. 
want to ask you this morning, do you ever have a day when everything is going right? We, ask, we usually ask that the other way around, right? We usually say, do you ever have a day when everything's going wrong? And we can identify with that a whole lot better than we can identify with a day where everything is going right. I mean, when was the last time you could say that everything went right in your day? I don't know. I hope you can find a day maybe like that sometime. I hope you have a day like that this week. Wouldn't that be great? But I started thinking about what a day like this would look like uh, for many and included some of my own things in here as well. A day where everything was going right. Number one, you would wake up without bad breath. You know, you'd wake up and every, you know, things would just smell good. Your body would feel strong and healthy. Uh, the boss would call and say, you know, you've been working hard and I'm giving you a raise. And so why don't you just take the day off today? Um, sweet tea would be plentiful. There would be several things on my dinner table that, would, that I could put ranch dressing on. Um, everything would be right with the family. Your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend would tell you how nice you look and how wonderful you are. All your favorite sports teams would win that day. Someone cooks your favorite meal. You would have time to enjoy your favorite activities both outside and inside. And to wrap it all up, your children will call to simply tell you how wonderful you are. Wouldn't that sound, doesn't that sound like a great day? That sounds like a great day. You could add your own things in there as well. I'd love to hear those. But David is having this kind of day. I appreciate May Ida, and, and if you haven't visited with her, she would love a visit. Uh, she was very gracious in doing that scripture reading for us this week. And I'm thankful for Sherman and us putting that together. But David is having that kind of day here in Psalm 18, okay? Everything is going right. In verse 29 uh, of chapter 18, and I'm not there. In verse 29 of chapter 18, he speaks of running upon a troop, basically being able to crush an army. And then he says, and by my God, I can leap over a wall. David is feeling like Superman this day. There is nothing that is going wrong. David uh, has conquered his enemies. He is feeling victorious. At the beginning of chapter 18, we did not read this, but allow me the first three verses to read this. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. David is having a great day here in Psalm 18. This is the third longest psalm in the book of Psalms. And um, we see here, we've been learning not only with uh, some on Sunday night who have been teaching and come tonight at, at five, where you can hear Bonnie and, and learn even more and grow more in the Psalms. We've also been doing this in other uh, places and other times here in the church. We've done this on Wednesday nights. And just last Wednesday, we talked about the fact that if you want to go on an emotional roller coaster begin reading the book of Psalms. Many of you have done this and have seen this already this summer as you have read through the book of Psalms, but you can go from being happy and, and praising God in one, in one Psalm to being angry in the next, to maybe sad or grieved in the following one, all to be genuinely frustrated and then come back around and be comforted by God's presence and praise. The honest emotions of David and the other Psalmist writers are all over the map in the book of Psalms. If there are a situation, if there are things that you're going through in life right now, I would encourage you to study and to work with Psalms, and you can find the Psalms that would best identify with what's going on in your life right now. David's story could some days be a lot like the children's book, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Some of you could almost finish the name of that book for me, I could tell. Some of our teachers here with us. But not today. This is not that kind of day for David. 
Today, David is victorious from his enemies in battle. Verse 33 of Psalm 18 says, He maketh my feet like hind's feet. The commentaries define hind's feet as the feet of a red deer. Now, our bulletin and our picture have what I believe to be a goat. So, so some of you who are very technical about saying, this is a goat, it's not a deer, I understand. Bear with me. Um, this was the best, these are the best pictures that I found, so I'm using them. I did find some of the deer. But if this deer, and the choir, if the choir could see it as well, if this deer misses that step, he's done. There's no turning back. Uh, the confidence and the sure-footedness that David refers to here in Psalm 18 of the hind's feet. The hind's feet, and as, as I've read this week in several places, that uh, the hind's feet, the goal of, of someone, of a deer or of a goat or of an antelope or another animal that have mastered these cliffs and these, these rock faces, uh, the goal would be to plant the hind's feet to where the front feet just were. And so, to, again, to master this, this bit of navigating. There are other pictures that I have found this week, and I would even encourage you, you can go on YouTube and you can watch these goats and antelope and deer navigate these cliffs where it looks like no living thing should be able to be able to walk these cliffs. But David, as we're going to look at this morning, says that uh, he makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. These hinds feet that we speak of today are energetic. They are feet that are swift and above all sure-footed. These deer or goats, as we've mentioned, know that they need to place their hind feet in the same spot as their front feet, again, to help it to be sure-footed. David wanted this message of stability to get across. So in later in verse 36 of chapter 18, he says, You enlarge my steps under me, and my feet have not slipped. For those of you who have hiked, and maybe you've come uh, on, a, on a close edge, you know that you, we've often saw this in, in Pakistan is, is uh, back many years ago when we started seeing more footage from there. You know that there are uh, cliffs and great precipices there in Pakistan where, or in other places, even here in our own mountains, where we would like for that path to be a little bit wider, where there's a very narrow paths that you see people walking on, not only by foot, but then you see animals and donkeys and things that are going on these very narrow paths. And David says, you have enlarged my steps under me, and my feet have not slipped. David knew mountains, and David knew rocks. He had to flee. Many of you know David's story. He had to flee from Saul. He also had to flee from Absalom. And when David references the rock, when David references the deer and the hind's feet, and, and Habakkuk also references uh, the hind's feet as well, but there's other uh, places where David references the mountains and where he references rocks and where he references cliffs. And so David knew those far too well. As I mentioned, Habakkuk 3.19, Habakkuk says, The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. The different animals that you've seen on the mountains are the perfect example of well-developed hind's feet. If you've ever hiked on a rocky path, you know the importance of being sure-footed. I've never hiked on any mountains like you've seen in the images on your bulletin or, or on the pictures this morning, but I have hiked a lot of mountains, and at times it's hard to navigate narrow passageways. And the importance of watching your step, having good balance and agility and strength all come into play. Just recently, some, uh, some of the college group, um, and I know uh, Tim Quattlebaum and Darlene and, and others and some youth as well, we went to South Mountain. And South Mountain is not too treacherous, but there are some places where you've got to be careful on the rocks, and you've got to be very sure-footed. If not, if you're wearing shoes that are slippery or you're just careless, you could, it could be bad news real quick. 
Uh, Crowder's Mountain, I understand, is a little bit worse than South Mountain. You've got some very, very steep cliffs. And um, I hiked growing up at Pisgah National Forest and up in the, the uh, forest there outside of Brevard and other places. There's some places in Saluda where you actually had to take a rope and climb down the mountain. As you come back, obviously, in the same going, you had to climb back up using a rope. And sometimes you need help. You need that rope or maybe you need a friend uh, to help. And, and you have to be careful where you step. Especially if it is either just rained or beginning to rain, you have to be very careful as well. Or the opposite is true as you hike. And many of you know this, and this is not a hiking 101 class this morning, but you know, if, it gets, if, it, if the rocks get dusty and it hasn't rained in a while, your foot can also slip. So the importance of being sure-footed, not only for us as we hike, but also for these animals that we see this morning as they navigate these cliffs, are so vitally important. Whether you're hiking or simply traveling in the mountains, uh, it can be a difficult journey, as I've said about the hiking, but also traveling, even in a vehicle. Uh, a few years ago, our family, and we hope to go back at some point soon, went to Highlands, North Carolina. Raise your hand if you've ever been to Highlands. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you. Um, but if you've been to Highlands, you know that you can't get there from anywhere. It's hard. And you, I mean, if, if you get car sick, then you just shouldn't go to Highlands. That, that's just the way it is. But the roads are so curvy. I mean, you're, you're you know you're going that way, but you end up going back this way and over this way and over that way and this way, and you finally end up getting, and we're going there this morning here in our sermon too, but you finally end up getting to where you're going. But if you get car sick, just don't go to Highlands. Just look at the pictures or watch a video or get somebody to record it when they go. But it's beautiful. But to get there, it can be quite dangerous because you go around a curve and if there's an 18-wheeler that has just delivered something in Highlands, they also go to Highlands as well. And so you've got to look out for them and where there's a, a, a steep, you know, there's a mountain on this side and a cliff on the other and then you meet an 18-wheeler in a curve and that's not fun. Uh, but, uh, but traveling in the mountains can be very dangerous. As we go about traveling in our journey of life, we often find ourselves navigating some rough terrain at times. But our God promises to give us strength to meet the challenges. He reminds us in Hebrews, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The comforting words of Psalm 23, we can also be reminded of, that he is our good shepherd and that he walks with us through the valleys. Again, through the valleys. We don't stay there. He never promises us that he will eliminate our challenges. We grow through our rough roads, through our potholes, if we had no mountains to climb, we would not be who we are today. We don't have time in a setting such as this, and I love times like Wednesday nights and other times where we can share our struggles and be more open and, and have some, some give and take. But uh, it is those hard times, it is those rough cliffs that we faced in life that has allowed us or has helped us to develop our own hinds feet and to be who we are today. God never leaves us to face our challenges alone. Instead, he stands beside us, strengthening us, enabling us to become sure-footed, and helping us to climb even higher in our walk with him. One of my favorite books that I have reread in the past week, uh, and I was excited about preaching this passage on Psalm 1833, just one of the reasons was because of this book. And the title of the sermon today is based on, is from, is from this book. It's Hind's Feet on High Places, by Hannah Hernard. Some of you have read this, some of you know of it. If you haven't, if you've never read it, never heard of it, I would encourage you, I'll let you borrow my copy or you could, could buy your own, but it's a wonderful allegorical book where the names all have meanings of the character, Much Afraid, who is crippled, who lives in the Valley of Humiliation with her family of fearlings and is called 
by the good high shepherd. And everybody knows about the good high shepherd, but no one wants to follow the high shepherd. They all come up with reasons and ridicule others of why the good shepherd should not be followed. But much afraid has enough courage to leave the valley of humiliation with the good shepherd and begins to head out on her journey towards the high place. She goes on this journey and is, and is uh, given uh, two individuals to go with her. And the individuals are sorrow and suffering. Sorrow and suffering begin the journey, again with much afraid, to the high places. And as they are journeying, to, journey, journeying that's hard to say that, as they are journeying, journeying together, they, um, they, uh, they go by the, the sea of loneliness. They, they talk about cliffs. They go through a desert. Uh, and at times, in, uh, the, the character, much afraid, is, is almost not wanting to trust the good shepherd because she sees the high places, but yet the good shepherd is asking her to go this way through the desert. And why, and she even asks the good shepherd, why are we going this way and down into a valley that's a desert when the high places are over there? And obviously, Much Afraid has to do a lot of what you and I have to do throughout life, and that's to trust the Good Shepherd, and that the Good Shepherd knows best. And the, the, the moral of the story is at the end of the book, Much Afraid has developed the hind's feet that are needed to get to the high places. And you and I are going through our own journey. We may not be in a desert or along the edge of a mountain cliff, but yet at times we feel like that. We're at a place right now where we're lonely. We're at a place right now where just things aren't right within our family. We're at a place right now where finances just are not where we want them to be, and we don't know how things are going to change. We know that God has called us to the high places, uh, not only in heaven, but we know that he's called us to a better place here and now. How do we get there? Are we trusting him? Are we looking to him? Are we walking with him as we go through our deserts and as we walk by the cliffs and as we go by the seashores where the waves are pounding and the waves are crashing on us and we can't see the light of day? Are we putting our faith and our trust in the good shepherd, that he is leading us to the place where he wants us to be. Much Afraid, was her, her, the character of Much Afraid was changed as she left the Valley of Humiliation with the good shepherd, with sorrow and with suffering as well, and they became her companions, and not only her companions, but later her friends. But we see that she was changed. She was transformed from the character of Much Afraid to her new name, which was Grace and Glory. God is in the midst of doing that with you and with me. We walk a path that is treacherous. We walk a path that we need hinds feet to walk. And yet God is transforming us. He's shaping us. He is molding us into the person that he would have us to be. Much afraid was transformed into grace and glory. Sorrow and suffering were transformed into peace and joy. There are other characters too numerous to mention that are in the book as well. And my belief is, is that you will identify not only with the main character, Much Afraid, but you will identify with her story. You will identify with the other characters in the story who've walked a path that was very lonesome at times, that was very, that simply you could not understand it at times. If you and I have walked in, in any length of time with uh, our Savior, you know that at times he can't be understood. He can't, his ways and his, they can't be followed. And, uh, but we are, like Much Afraid, called to trust as well. And as we trust and as we walk through these cliffs and through these valleys and through these deserts and through these difficult times, you and I will begin to develop the feet like this deer and like this goat that you see on the front of your bulletin and on the pictures this morning. We'll be able to ascend to the high places. Um, and what we may find out as well along the way is that the things that we thought were most important to us are simply not that important at all. 
So my question is this morning, are you allowing God to form your feet? Are your feet becoming more sure-footed as you walk with him and as you trust him? And I want to remind you of something this morning. As we go about our journey of life, there are times that, uh, like much afraid, we're lonely and we simply don't understand the ways of the Good Shepherd. But what God reminded all of the Old Testament prophets, what God reminded David and Moses and Abraham, we think of others, and he reminded those throughout the New Testament, the disciples as well, is he says, I am with you. As we said in, in Psalms, the emotions of David go all over the map. He's high, he's low, he's sad, he's grieving. And yet we remind ourselves of Psalms like Psalm 23, where he's comforted by the presence of the Good Shepherd. I don't know where you are in your life this morning. And are you allowing, uh, the question would be, are you allowing the Good Shepherd to walk with you? Are you allowing the Good Shepherd to guide you as you're facing these cliffs and these valleys and, and this uncertain terrain? Are you allowing him to walk with you? The most sure-footed one that we see in all of Scripture is Jesus. He was the supreme example of this sure-footedness. Uh, he spoke as one having authority and not as the scribes. Have you, like much afraid in the, care, in the, the, in the story, accepted the invitation of the, good, of the Good Shepherd? Do you walk with him today, and are you trusting him with your journey? God walks with us as we are developing our hind's feet. The path is not always easy, but he promises us his presence. He enables us to stand with strength and stability on the rocky cliffs that are found on the high places. Will you put your faith and trust today in the Good Shepherd? Father, we thank you for your word. We're thankful for this passage that uh, to many may, may have been hidden here in Psalms today, but has come to light in light of, of, of climbing these cliffs and developing hinds feet. Father, we pray that you would continue to have your will and your way in us. Help us to put our faith and our trust in you. And as we do that, Father, remind us that you are with us and that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Father, help each of us today to give you the permission to have your way in our hearts and in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to stand and sing. I haven't looked, but I believe it's just a closer walk with, with thee. And it's my desire, and I believe it is yours as well. And so let's stand and sing and allow the Lord to speak to us. If you are here today and desire church membership, we would love to talk with you about that. If you would like to pray at the altar or have a decision to share or um, have a prayer concern, I'd love to pray with you. Let's stand and sing. Thank you.